are Locked On Dolphins, your daily Miami Dolphins podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome, everybody, to this Wednesday, January 27th edition of Locked On Dolphins. I am your host, Kyle Krabs, and today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON and you'll get 20% off your next order of the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. Today on the show, a chance to uh, react to some of the practice, day one practice for the Miami Dolphins, the national team of the 2021 Senior Bowl. Uh, A lot of prospects that the Dolphins are fortunate to get their eyes on. I also have a few thoughts about potential offensive coordinator hire Ken Dorsey, and why there are some unorthodox, non-X's and O's arguments to be made, why why this would be a good hire for the Miami Dolphins. And that's where I'd like to start today's show, talking about Ken Dorsey, who uh, is a popular rumored choice. But to this point in time, uh, there's been no formal connection between Dorsey and the Miami Dolphins. Dorsey has served as the Buffalo Bills quarterbacks coach for each of the last two seasons. And if you look beyond X's and O's and just assuming that he is going to transplant the Buffalo-style offense to Miami, which I don't think is the case, one of the primary strengths and appeals to potentially signing Ken Dorsey to serve as the offensive coordinator the Buffalo Bills is to upset the established order of the Buffalo Bills. The Bills went 13-3 and this past season and are expected at this point in time to bring back the entirety of their coaching staff, which is a bit of an upset uh, when you looked at the coaching landscape. Offense, Bills offensive coordinator Brian Dable was expected Uh, to be in strong consideration for the Los Angeles Chargers job to work as the head coach who worked in tandem with uh, 2020 rookie quarterback Justin Herbert. That, of course, did not materialize with the Chargers hiring Brandon Staley to serve as the head coach in Los Angeles from the L.A. Rams. So Buffalo is poised to bring everyone back, and continuity is a rarity in the NFL, and continuity is the the best possible way to sustain success year over year. And we have no proof that Ken Dorsey is the reason why uh, Josh Allen's player development from year two to year three of his career and year one versus year two with, with Dorsey on staff uh, was what it was. But he's seen that up close and personal and ups- upsetting the established order of the Buffalo Bills is a nice kind of icing on the cake to a potential hire here. Now, of course, the Dolphins have to be interested in this hire, which is rumored, but but we don't know for sure. Ken Dorsey has to be interested in the job, and Dorsey's X's and O's have to knock the interview process out of the park to the point where it becomes the icing on the cake. You don't make a hire based on this hypothetical. Oh, we're just going to hire this guy from Buffalo just to addition by subtraction. But... If the rest of the pieces fall into place, that can be a nice added bonus for the Dolphins. Quarterback development is something the Dolphins should be taking into consideration, in my opinion, with whoever they hire next. Uh, and, And again, Josh Allen's leap from even 2019 to 2020 is absolutely phenomenal from a numbers perspective and efficiency perspective. Uh, 
the Bills did it right, building around a young quarterback. And, and Miami should want to see as many variables introduced into their own build around their own quarterback that allows them to do the same thing. Ken Dorsey can be a piece of that puzzle. And most importantly, assuming the Dolphins are interested, assuming Dorsey is interested, and assuming that the X's and O's make sense for the Dolphins, Dorsey's a young hire. He's only been a quarterback's coach for two years. If things go well in Miami two or three years from now, you may be talking about him as a potential young head coach candidate. But considering this is the third consecutive offseason with a new offensive coordinator being brought into the fray, I don't know about you, but I would personally welcome a three-year stint with the same guy that goes so well that that guy gets a head coaching gig. Continuity and the potential for continuity by not pursuing established pieces of the puzzle. Obviously, Brian Flores, year one, got hired. He was the last head coach to get hired because the Dolphins had to wait till the Super Bowl was over. So he brings Chad O'Shea over as part of that staff. He didn't like how that went. He made a change. He picked Jane Gailey to kind of pair with what was expected to be, uh, based on what we know in hindsight, a Jane Gailey, Ryan Fitzpatrick-esque offense. Uh, the Dolphins now going a different direction. They have their rookie quarterback they're committed to moving forward with. So whoever is brought into the picture from here has to be brought in with a three-year window at least in mind. And Ken Dorsey, it's not as though he's, he's been an offensive play caller elsewhere at the NFL level. He has two years of experience as a quarterback's coach with the Buffalo Bills. He's not so experienced that he's going to come in, he's going to crush it, and next year he's going to get hired somewhere else. You have a, a little bit of a runway here to work with, and I think that's another added bonus for the Dolphins as they sort through you know, what candidates are to be had. So in summary, I think there's some really attractive pieces of the puzzle for a Ken Dorsey hire, but we're still playing the waiting game. And perhaps this, perhaps this is the week, because everybody is in Mobile, Alabama. All this NFL personnel has descended on this little town in the Gulf of Mexico in southern Alabama, and perhaps there's an opportunity there to meet. Perhaps there's an opportunity there to engage in discussion. And perhaps that's the selling point. And perhaps the Dolphins will come out of this week with the clarity they need to make the decision that they need. But if it is Ken Dorsey, that's a couple bullet points. Quarterback development, you got a three-year window, probably at least if it goes well. And you make the Buffalo Bills worse by upsetting the established order with the Buffalo Bills. You are one of a kind, and so are your taxes. That's why TurboTax Live has experienced tax experts who are ready to listen to you, learn more about your unique tax situation, and help you get the best tax outcome this season. Maybe you're moonlighting as a rideshare driver and have questions about what qualifies as deductions. Maybe you want an expert to walk you through the process since most of your income last year came up from freelance jobs. Or maybe you'd like to hand the whole tax filing process off to an expert while you perfect your banana bread recipe. Whether you want to file taxes with the help of an export or have an expert do them for you, TurboTax Live experts are here to help, giving you the confidence to know that your one-of-a-kind, uniquely you taxes are done right. Intuit TurboTax. When it comes to getting or staying in shape, nothing feels as good as that feeling of accomplishment, of hitting your fitness goals and feeling great about yourself. Echelon can help you get there. Echelon offers the next generation of connected bikes, mirrors, 
rowing machines, and their all-new Echelon Stride Smart Treadmill. No matter what your favorite fitness activity is, Echelon gives you a fun and challenging workout from the comfort of your own home. Their world-class instructors will motivate you on thousands of daily, live, and on-demand studio-level classes, always available when you need them, and unlike their competitors, Echelon is affordable for everyone, and one membership lets up to five family members all work out at the same time. Right now, you can try any Echelon fitness equipment at home for 30 days. Go to echelonfit.com slash NFL to get started. That's E-C-H-E-L-O-N fit.com slash NFL to get started. Let's talk a little bit about the Senior Bowl. Not about weigh-ins, which we did yesterday, but let's talk about our reactions from the practice tape, which I had a chance to work through specifically paying a lot of attention to the prospects that the Dolphins were coaching yesterday. And the first place I would start is I don't think we should overlook Brian Flores getting an up-close and personal look at Najee Harris doing individual drills. And what impressed me the most about Najee Harris and his approach uh, to the Senior Bowl and a potential marriage with the Dolphins is Najee's working out this week against the recommendation of his agent. Uh, That became apparent courtesy of Bucky Brooks of NFL Network. And that is, you know, really cool that, that, that he sees this opportunity. He obviously is close with Tua, just like Devontae Smith is, and understands the opportunity at hand and wants to make as strong of an impression as he can because he's not the Heisman Trophy winner. He is a running back who plays a low-value position which very rarely gets drafted high. So for him to come in and work hand-in-hand with Eric Studsville, who's one of the Dolphins' internal candidates for offensive coordinator, no less. There's as much for Najee Harris to gain this week as there is for the Dolphins to gain this week from scouting the running backs that are in attendance. So for Miami, I think it's really cool that they have a player who's not just like showing up, and obviously Devontae Smith is uh, injured. He has an injury on his hand, so it's not as though he's able to catch footballs. But Najee Harris is showing up and putting his body out there despite the fact that he had an ankle injury because, despite the recommendation of his agent because he wants to work hand-in-hand with this Dolphins coaching staff. That's cool. That's the kind of player you want on your team, a guy who loves football too much and loves to compete too much that he just can't help himself. Try and tell me Brian Flores would not enjoy working with that kind of player at any position. So Najee Harris, big winner regardless of how much he was involved in the contact drills and the the 7-on-7 or the 9-on-7 or whatever else. Doesn't matter. What stands out the most is Najee Harris is going above and beyond to work in tandem with this coaching staff. The Dolphins are noticing. That's a dub uh, as far as Miami is concerned. But you look at from a performance perspective, who the players were that, that, that really jumped out to me. And I'll start on the defensive side of the football because it's it's going to be more of a compact list, really. Uh, linebacker Baron Browning, Ohio State. Came in at like 6'3", 241, good length, superb athlete. You knew he was. Uh, the questions for Browning are from a play processing consistency perspective. 
But you put a player like Baron Browning who oozes so much physical ability and you put him in an environment that is one-on-ones and you don't have so many layers of information to sort through and you're going to shine because it's you, you have one objective. I got to cover the guy on the other side. So Browning had an amazing day yesterday. You know, from a coverage perspective, he was really good against tight ends. He was really good against the backs out of the backfield. He had an interception on one. He drove on. It was uh, Ben Mason, the fullback. It was a fullback, nonetheless. He had an interception in the one-on-ones. That drill is drastically skewed towards the offense from an advantage standpoint because there's just so much space that you have to account for. So I'm cautiously optimistic about Baron Browning. My question with Browning is going to be, what is the league valuation of him? Where are they going to choose to prioritize investing in him? And that's where I'm not quite sure I'll be comfortable. Because if he's a second-round pick, eh, if you can get him at 83, I'm all on board. So that's kind of where I stand with Baron Browning. But he had an awesome day of practice yesterday. A couple of these edge defenders... Really stood out. Uh, Aid Ogundeji, I'm going to keep pounding the table. This is an Emmanuel Agba-type player. The, the weigh-ins, 35-plus-inch arms. Go look at, uh, I'm at grinding the tape on Twitter, and I shared a clip of him against, I believe it was Dylan Raddins, uh, who is from North Dakota State. And he executes this picturesque, lift maneuver and then showcases really good upper body power to take his inside hand and extend and press and use those 35 inch arms and then chop across the face to come back inside on a pass rush counter really nice win in that rep then they kick him inside and he's rushing head up on a guard Uh, jones from middle tennessee state tries to block him and you get a push pull swim over the top and he was by Jones in the blink of an eye. So he won the weigh-ins. He wins on the field with the one-on-one drills. What's not to like? We've talked about the need of this team adding some more pass rushers who win on first contact, who win on one-on-ones. Uh, Ogundeji won in one-on-ones. So too did his teammate Dalen Hayes, uh, who bull rushed through Spencer Brown from Northern Iowa in what was perhaps the most physically impressive one-on-one rep from a a pass rusher for the whole day yesterday uh, from the the national roster side of things. So uh, both Notre Dame kids uh, really made a splash. I think you look over on the offensive side of the football, there were bright spots for uh, both Notre Dame interior offensive linemen, Aaron Banks and Robert Hainsey. Uh, I think Banks... He's a little bit heavier, I think, from a build perspective. He's much more of what the Dolphins would look for. Haynes, he played right tackle for Notre Dame. He's going to play guard at the NFL level. He's somewhere around 305, 310. Uh, But Banks is like 330-plus, and he's a smooth mover for that stature. And that's the kind of player that if he's there in the early four, maybe you kind of eye him up because he's much more mobile than what Solomon Kinley is. Uh, but has similar power where, where they were running some double teams up front 
and Banks is getting good movement on the double teams. Now, uh, from a positional value perspective and from a, a polish and, and balance perspective, Banks has a little bit of room to improve, uh, but I thought he had a nice day in the one-on-ones on the inside run stuff, a lot of movement climbing up to the second level. That was a missing component for the Dolphins in the run game last year, whether it was Eric Flowers or Solomon Kinley or Michael Dieter playing left guard. I think Dieter, honestly, probably in his very brief stay, uh, showed the best mobility of those three names as far as being able to climb up to the B level. I think Banks is probably also better than all three of those names at climbing up to the B level and coming off of double teams. Balance is an issue, but balance is also an issue for Eric Flowers because he's a tackle body playing guard. And power uh, is not to the degree in which Solomon Kinley is. Um, Versatility is not to the degree that Michael Dieter is. But Banks could bring something to this interior offensive line if the price was right. And I thought he had a nice day uh, in the run fits as well. Creed Humphrey, the center, uh, he had his hands full throughout the day with defensive tackle Levi and Warzariki uh, from Washington, who I think could be an interesting projection to the Dolphins. Um, project him to the Zach Sealer type role, uh, rotational role with Christian Wilkins. Um, Warzariki is not a big defensive tackle and that's kind of where a lot of people are going to want to peg him into the true uh three technique build stereotypical three technique and a four-man front uh, and he can most certainly do that and have a lot of success doing that now, he played in the a gaps more at washington and i think for the dolphins he can play that b gap role in single gap penetrate like i'm not gonna sit here and expect him to consistently stack up and two-gap. But he did that pretty well against Creed Humphrey, interestingly enough. So Creed didn't have a bad day. Uh, I thought Creed's play kind of mirrored what we'd seen from him throughout the season and what our buzz is regarding him and that you know this is no longer a player that's in consideration for like a top 20, top 25 selection like he would have been if he came out last year. Uh, his stock has regressed a little bit. Uh, Creed will be a top... 50 top 64 pick and I thought his play reflected that I thought he had some really nice reps uh, with leverage and winning gaps and reach blocks and all the good stuff that he he did really well at Oklahoma but Levi and Warzariki the defensive tackle uh, in the pass rush drills showcased really good quickness and gave him a little bit of a hard time and conversely when they went to inside run uh, he did show the ability to extend his arms and stack Creed Humphrey and, and create stalemates in the line of scrimmage. So Creed didn't blow it out of the water. Uh, I thought he was fine. And he was going against arguably the best interior defensive lineman that uh, was on display for the national team throughout the course of yesterday's practice as well. The NFL playoffs are here, and while the Dolphins are not qualified, it does not mean you cannot still be a winner this winter. There's only one place that has you covered and one place that we trust for all of your online sports bets, betonline.ag. Sign up today for a free account at betonline.ag and use the promo code LOCKEDON for a 50% welcome bonus. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Get in on the action. Don't forget to use the promo code LOCKEDON to receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. BetOnline, your online sports book experts. Built Bar is a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. So whether you're looking for a healthy snack 
a breakfast on the go, something post-workout, or just like delicious things, Built Bar can fill the void for you. And best of all, Built Bar doesn't just taste good, it blows the nutritional facts of your typical protein bar out of the water. It's got 200 calories per bar or less, up to 20 grams of protein per bar, 18 delicious flavors to choose from, and one-seventh the grams of carbs and sugar of your typical protein bar. So if you're looking for a change-up in your diet, visit BuiltBar.com, use promo code LOCKEDON, and you can save 20% off your next order of Built Bar. That's BuiltBar.com, promo code LOCKEDON, to save 20% and find out what all the fuss is about for yourself. As far as skill players go on the national team for the Miami Dolphins, I wanted to make sure I focused most of my attention coming into today's podcast on who performed well that the Dolphins were working hands-on with throughout the day. Of course, I still need to go back and finish watching the other team. And, you know, those players aren't disqualified because they don't, they're not being coached by the Dolphins this week. But I just think the, the biggest area of emphasis can be made with the players that the Dolphins are coaching. I'd be willing to bet the Dolphins get at least two players off this roster of their draft class. So say, you know, let's assume they're going to have somewhere around 10 picks with the point of emphasis being, you know, build through the draft. 20, I'd say 20, 30% of the, of the draft class is on the roster, and they might pull another two or three guys uh, from the other side of the fence as the American roster as well. So I wouldn't sleep on, you know, half of the Dolphins draft class being here amongst these players, and half of that half at least being guys that they worked hands-on with. From a skill player perspective, the name everybody is going to talk about, and understandably so, is, is Dwayne Eskridge from Western Michigan. We knew coming into the week uh, he was going to get hot because uh, when you have fanfare and build up for two weeks and then you come out and you have a really good first practice, you're all anybody's going to talk about. So people knew, people found out shortly before the Senior Bowl who Dwayne Eskridge is, and he confirmed that bias with his performance uh, that I'm a really damn good football player. So... Eskridge is now kind of in that weird spot where like, he might be one of those risers like I alluded to at the end of yesterday's show who ends up working himself into a spot where if you want him, you're going to have to reach to get him. I don't know if he's going to be there at 83 at this point because this is more so than any other year, your impressions that the senior ball are going to be everything for you. And if he's not, okay. you know, There's other, there's other options to work with, but Eskridge uh, definitely winning at the line of scrimmage, winning early, ability after the catch, uh, in a lot of the same ways that you see Jalen Waddle win reps, uh, Eskridge is the same type of player with his explosiveness and quickness. But I thought Tylen Wallace from Oklahoma State surprised me a little bit uh, with how well he looked uh, running the intermediate routes, working over the middle of the field. Uh, had some nice route salesmanship to him. He's not the biggest. He's not the fastest. He's not the strongest. He's not the most explosive. Um but I was impressed just kind of studying some of his routes. And you know who was the same way was uh, James Washington at Oklahoma from coming out of Oklahoma State. He's obviously with the Pittsburgh Steelers and one of their you know, rotational wide receivers and their their stable of receivers there. But the book on Washington coming out of Oklahoma State was okay. He runs go routes. Uh, but then you got the chance in Mobile, and, and he did this exact same thing. 
where he comes in and he shows you a little bit more variety than what you saw on tape at Oklahoma State because it was what he was asked to do versus what he's physically capable of doing. Now, Tylen Wallace needs to finish the week this week. Uh, I mean, and even then, there's some, some durability questions that have to be vetted for him. But I thought he made a really nice statement as far as winning at the line of scrimmage and catching the ball over the middle of the field. So this is good news for the Dolphins. Obviously, Devonta Smith is there in attendance, not practicing with a hand. Dwayne Eskridge, really good week. Tylen Wallace, really good day. Nico Collins won a lot vertically. You ask Nico Collins to do anything else in the short and intermediates and hard angles, uh, he looked a little rusty. I wouldn't say he looked bad. I'd say he looked rusty. So I'll be interested to see how Collins' week progresses. There will be players who played like crap yesterday who ball out today. So that should be an interesting storyline that you, if you're following along from home, make sure you stay dialed in on. There's going to be names that I didn't talk about that are like winners of the day today. There's going to be winners of the day yesterday who do not play well today. It's kind of that cat and mouse. And one of the big evaluation points for the Senior Bowl, I can tell you this, from anybody who's ever worked with a team that I talk about, it's not who wins day one. What their point of emphasis is, is what does your progression look like from the start of the week to the end of the week? Do you get better every single day throughout the course of the week? Or do you perform and maintain at a high level every single day throughout the course of the week? The players who do that are the players who make the biggest impact, the players who earn themselves the most money. It's time for us to dial back in and find out who is going to earn themselves some money today in Mobile for the Senior Bowl. So make sure you hit subscribe here on the podcast. Keep it locked in right here on Locked on Dolphins, your team every day. I'm Kyle Krabs, your host. Thanks, as always, for listening. Hope you guys enjoyed today's practice, and we're going to be back again tomorrow recapping some of our ideas and thoughts and reactions to Wednesday's practices in addition to reacting to any news we may get on the Miami Dolphins front between now and then.